What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod, Berkshire Hathaway Vice Chair Charlie Munger sits down with our own Becky Quick virtually. Well, I'm very old. I have to draw the line somewhere, and I draw it in zooming. The 98-year-old billionaire weighs in on China, Elon Musk's miracle, the FTX crypto meltdown. It's partly fraud and partly delusion. That's a bad combination. I don't like either fraud or delusion. And the delusion may be more extreme than the fraud. Charlie Munger rejects the crypto Kool-Aid and issues a warning for what's to come. This is one classic investor who has a healthy dose of skepticism. What is Bitcoin doing for anybody? It's Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. Nobody's going to say, I've got some shit I want to sell you. <laughs> blockchain. This special Squawk Pod begins right after this. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. 98-year-old Charlie Munger is a longtime vice chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, the conglomerate run by his friend of some six decades, Warren Buffett. Munger speaks his mind, especially when it comes to thoughtful investing. And to Munger, innovations like cryptocurrency are not the way to go. In comments and interviews at recent Berkshire Hathaway annual meetings and other events, Munger has called Bitcoin disgusting, stupid and evil, rat poison, and even compared it to venereal disease. So with the recent headlines following the collapse of crypto exchange FTX, our Becky Quick reached out to get Munger's thoughts on the bankruptcy and the investor impact. And he did not hold back on Sam Bankman-Fried or on those who worked with FTX, investors, venture firms like Sequoia and others. Here's Becky and Charlie Munger. Charlie, first of all, thank you for taking the time to to talk with us today. I, I thought of you because we've heard so much about crypto lately. And in the past, you've called crypto everything from rat poison to venereal disease. And I, I just wondered what you're thinking about Bitcoin, about crypto, about Sam Bankman-Fried. 
you have to be following this at least a little. Well, yes, I think people just mention Bitcoin to me because they like to see the bull charging at the rag or something. <laughs> no, I. the way I look at it is that I'm, it pains me that in my own country, I see people that were once regarded as very reputable people helping these things exist, promoting their use and so forth. This is a very, very bad thing. The country did not need a currency that's good for kidnappers and so on. What do you think happened? Because there are a lot of big names, a lot of people and um, firms well, that you might that, not have that's anticipated. That's what impresses me. There are people who think they just got to be on every deal that's hot, and they don't care whether it's child prostitution or Bitcoin. If it's hot, they want to be in on it. I think that's totally crazy. Reputation is very helpful in financial life. And to destroy your reputation by associating with scumballs and their scumball promotions, it's a huge mistake. Do you think those companies did any due diligence or uh, what happened? I think they actually mean well, though that you're seeing a lot of uh, delusion. It's partly fraud and partly delusion. That's a bad combination. I don't like either fraud or delusion. And the delusion may be more extreme than the fraud. Delusion how so? Nobody's going to invent a new thing that every 12-year-old kid can be a billionaire or something. He just calls it Munger coin. He starts trading it or something. It's, it's, a, it's crazy. It's demented. You believe in magic? I guess I it depends believe, on the I context. Don't in magic. When I see magic, I think I'm being, somebody's trying to fool me. And of those big names that got drawn in, I mean, it's shocking to me when you consider that there was no CFO, that there was no board of directors. Of course, it's shocking. But of course, in every crazy boom, there's crazy excess. You know, way back in 1929, it was the Goldman Sachs Trading Company. Remember, Eddie Cantor joked about it for years. He said, they told me it would take care of my old age. Did it work perfectly? Three weeks later, I felt like an old man. <laughs> no, it's it, it, nothing new in these crazy fraudsters. Are there any good applications it, 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 for this? It's worse than the Goldman Sachs Trading Company. Why? Well, because they're trying to sell you something that they admit is nothing. This is real magic. Goldman Sachs said, we're so smart, we can just trade and make money without any work or knowledge or something. And that was, of course, that's magic too. You point out that this is um, just watching this, this asset decline. I mean, in some ways, that's kind of what the Fed has been hoping for, just the idea that they can deflate some of these assets that got blown up when there was all this liquidity out there. What, what does this mean from the broader perspective of the Fed and, and what they're doing to try and tamp down asset prices at this point? Well, I think the authorities have been confused by the whole damn thing. A bunch of elderly people, and they've done things a certain way for a long time. They know how to deal with a standard thing. It's like a mosquito catcher. They know how to smack mosquitoes. They just can't handle gnats. They That's slip through the, the net? Regulators, the regulators have behaved just, it's just insane to them. None of this stuff should ever have been allowed. What do you think the holdup is? Because when I look at it, it seems like it's a big turf war, turf battle between the SEC and the CFTC. It doesn't fit into existing. Of course, it's hard for the regulators to do for to deal with a new 
activity. We got, the whole internet was new, and so the, the, this whole business is new. But the danger flags are wagging so clearly. The guy says, I'm going to sell you plenty of nothing, and nothing is plenty for you. How can you hear that and not think this is a big joke? But people think this is a real asset. It's not a real asset. It's a bunch of fraudsters and uh, crazy people. There, there is the argument that um, blockchain is different, that blockchain is something that that businesses and industries can build on. Is that's there a way what, to... That's what sucks people in. And by the way, that reminds me of Ben Graham. He said, your good ideas get you in way more trouble than your bad ideas. Now, that sounds very peculiar. Well, what he meant is the thing is basically a good idea, meaning it's a good contribution to mathematics or something. Once you've got a good idea, it's much easier to push that to wretched excess. That's why good ideas carried to wretched excess become bad ideas. And once you've got that concept in your mind, of course, it's always going to be some good idea. Nobody's going to say, I've got some shit I want to sell you. <laughs> blockchain. It's, you know, blockchain is a new good thing that's come up, like fairy dust. <laughs> you do have a way of putting it very precisely, Charlie. Becky spoke with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin on the Squawk set following this interview. You didn't hear it because they bleeped it out. They wouldn't let it run because it's on tape. They said you can only curse when you're live. So what he said is nobody's going to tell you they want to sell you shit. Right. That, that this is what comes up with these things. Figured so, he might have said that. Yeah. Which it caught me off guard. I was just it, caught it was off not- guard that you just said it aloud. Cable, you're allowed to say it. I you're think. allowed to say it, but they wouldn't run it because it was on tape, even though I asked them not to bleep it. So. Yes, your, ki- your, yes, kids, your kids know that word. Right. That's pretty early. I, I, That's I, I hope they don't know any words. That's how I like it. You've never heard them use, use I, any? That's how I like to think about the world. It's an idealized universe. I don't think, I don't know. I disagree with Charlie. He's a, uh, look, Charlie will tell you he's never been a fan of the new stuff. He has said he wouldn't take the risk that right. comes with it for some of those things associated with it. He says that he admires some of the people. I mean, there are actual. And he's been surprised I mean, you, you, by. You don't need to, to like Bitcoin, but even just uses for blockchain that are going to be part. Charlie's of, always going to be conservative. You know, he's not going to jump into new things like that. And he doesn't like the excesses. He said it was a good idea that got carried to excess. And that's where you run into it. Those ideas are more dangerous because of wretched excess, as he puts it. More Charlie Munger when Squawk Pod returns. I'm not against everything that's new. Including his thoughts on the Fed, Elon Musk, our relationship with China, and more on the crypto collapse at FTX and the lessons in the fall. These big collapses, they can trigger big recessions and depressions. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. 
Welcome back to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Today, we are bringing you Becky Quick's special conversation recorded over Zoom with Berkshire Vice Chair Charlie Munger. The 98-year-old investor is active in the culture of Berkshire Hathaway. He's also pretty savvy on the markets, and he is definitely skeptical about cryptocurrency. Munger has a lot of wisdom to share, a decades-long career, right? So settle in. Charlie's in his library at home talking with Becky at CNBC HQ, and we're picking up where we left off. But it isn't good for the country. And, you know, you look at these computer frauds where people disable computers and then say, well, release it and get, let you have your computer back. They want to be paid in Bitcoin. We don't need a new, wonderful, non-traceable medium that makes it better to commit frauds of various kinds. What is Bitcoin doing for anybody? Okay, people will say it's a store of wealth and it's better than holding gold. And it, it's a, supposedly a store of wealth against inflation, although it hasn't performed You can well. associate yourself with something like, say, gold. You know, but gold has been around for 2,000 years. And if you're a Jewish guy living in Vienna in 1939, gold would be very useful. I, I don't equate Bitcoin with gold, but they try and equate Bitcoin with gold. It's the new gold. Charlie, let me ask you, while we're talking about stuff, um, just what you think about the markets overall. Again, back to this idea of the Fed trying to take some of the air out of everything that got inflated in this incredibly liquid time. I basically like the existence of the Fed. I think in a world of fiat currencies, we need wise central banks. And we've, if you look at Japan today, you would find that the central bank has made our central bank look like a little mouse that hardly tries to do anything. So we've learned that central banks can be really important. You can push them to great excess if you have to and you're in enough trouble. So by and large, I like central bankers. And by and large, I hate Bitcoin promoters. <laughs> when you say that we look like a mouse compared to Japan's central bank, is that a good thing? I mean, look what's happened to Japan. Well, yeah, it's a good thing we haven't had to try it. But if we get in the kind of trouble Japan was in, of course we'll do the same damn thing. Do you worry about the Fed creating a recession by slamming on the brakes too hard? Well, I think the Fed is willing to have a little recession in order not to have out-of-control inflation. That's you what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to be the one guy at the party that doesn't hang around the punch bowl and getting drunk. Although a lot of people say they're the ones who provided the punch bowl. Well, I think that's pushing it. And besides, I think we were in enough trouble when this thing started. If the Fed hadn't done what it did, which was very aggressive, we would have had one hell of a mess, which would have been way worse than what we have now. You're, you're talking about with the COVID lockdowns? I'm glad they were there. I'm glad they did what they did. They did. But, but you're talking about the COVID situation, not necessarily QE1, QE2, QE infinity. The whole operation of the Federal Reserve System. I think we've had pretty good people in it trying to be contributors to civilization. Charlie, I know you, you Zoom. This is evidence of that. Um, we're talking right now via Zoom. Do you tweet? No. Why not? Zoom, but I don't tweet. Well, I'm very old. Zooming, I'm going to... I have to draw the line somewhere, and I draw it in Zooming. <laughs> um, I, I like Zooming, but I don't like tweeting. 
I, I pick up a lot of things on Twitter, and one of the things I saw this past weekend was a, a, an account, a Twitter account, that is supposedly Elon Musk memories that people put out there. And one of them this weekend was him recalling a lunch. I can't remember if it was in 2009 or 2014, where he said he sat down at a lunch, a business lunch, with you and a lot of other people at the table, and you proceeded to tell him everything that you thought would go wrong, potentially, with Tesla, all the hurdles that would stand in the way. And it said, he said it made him sad at that point. Elon Musk himself weighed in on that and said, yes, that was true. He remembered that lunch. I just wonder if you remembered that lunch. Well, I don't remember it, but I was certainly surprised that Tesla did as well as it did. But I do not equate Tesla with Bitcoin. Good. Tesla, Tesla has has made some real contributions to, to civilization. Elon Musk has done some good things that other people couldn't do. That's great, but you don't remember that lunch at all. No. Because it made a bigger impression on him. Um, and I want to just ask you. Everybody, we haven't had a successful new auto company in a long, long time. And we did try and get one. Remember the Kaiser car where they had a contest to name the new car of the Kaiser company? I don't. And my suggestion is we called it the Henry J. The old man's name was Henry. And that won the prize. And, of course, the damn thing went broke. <laughs> Very difficult to enter the car business successfully. What Tesla has done in the car business is a minor miracle. What else is catching your eye these days? Um, when we spoke over the weekend, I think you talked a little bit about private I equity. Like, I don't like wretched excess and manias and so forth. And we have a lot of it. And you're never going to get rid, as long as you have liquid securities markets. You're never going to get rid of crazy excess and manias and crazy things that get promoted and crest and then collapse. I, but it's so simple if you have my approach to life. I just don't even look at them ever. Why would I look at them? I don't believe in magic. If somebody tells you you got some magic called Bitcoin, this is a better magic because it's got something like blockchain in it. I certainly ought to. Believe in the new magic, which has black stain, the magic in it, instead of the old magic, which was fairy dust. It's just so easy to just flip it aside and say, this is beneath me. Mm -hmm. Think of the trouble I've avoided in my long life. Having a huge list of activities, I guess, that are beneath me. I don't want to do everything that's legal that will make money. I want to equip myself reasonably well in life. And if something even smells bad, I tend to give it a wide detour. I mean, I, I guess if you look at what happened with crypto, it, or I shouldn't even say crypto, I should say specifically with Sam Bankman Freed, if you look at it, it drew in some people, but maybe the good news is, is that most people didn't get drawn in, even though there were some big names. This is a, a situation where probably the vast majority of people did not get pulled in. Well, I like the the speculative excess of the best of the venture capitalists, where they give us a new company like Zoom or a new company like Stripe or something. Mm -hmm. And I so I like the new companies they create, and I I'm glad we have new things being invented. So I'm not against everything that's new. I'm just ahead of everything new that is kind of 
magic and delusion as kind of a chain letter delusion carrying it along. Of course, I don't like it. These things do enormous damage when, when they, these things rise and fall. We're not even, these big collapses, they, they can trigger big recessions and depressions. Do you think that's the case with this? Is this the beginning of a, a larger unraveling? That's another subject. A very famous man once said that a great civilization has a lot of ruin in it, and it took a long time to ruin it. Rome took a long time to decline from its peak to its bottom, and that will be true with other civilizations that have come along later. But these people that are promoting things like Ben they're promoting the decline of civilization. Do you think that's where we are, though? Are we on the decline in this civilization? Well, certainly in some ways we are in decline. In some ways, almost every civilization is in some decline. What are the signs? The extra wealth and the extra options that people get, they would be all just a net profit. But it isn't. They try to make it better. They'll mix in a little cocaine or a little child prostitution, a little craziness in finance. People push it. And uh, I wish we had a system of public repute, which was more hostile to the kind of people who promote these things. And I wish the good people in our civilization stayed further away from these things. What happens is that in certain places, they want to be in everything that could get hot and run for a while. Friend Graham had a joke about an oil promoter went to heaven and he was standing on the gates of heaven when he heard a voice coming up from below and it said, oil is discovered in hell. And he stopped going into heaven and started down. And St. Peter said, what are you doing? He said, I'm leaving. He said, there may be some truth in this rumor. <laughs> We've got too many people like that guy on the, on the edge of heaven. He's looking for some more easy money even on the gates of heaven. Charlie, let me ask you about another uh, issue of the day. That's China. You had President Biden meeting with Xi Jinping. Um, and there's a lot of concern about the relationship between these two countries. It's certainly gotten... Um... Yes, but it's certainly a good thing that they're meeting. Look, the, the number one and the number two powers in the world are China and the United States. Now, the question, what should the number one and the number two parties care about? Well, what they care about is which one is going to stay number one and which one isn't. I don't give a, much of a damn about that. I think that ebbs and flows naturally. And I think they should get along with one another in a bunch of win-win transactions. And I think their meeting is going in that direction. Of course, I'm in favor of it. Think of what a win-win transaction China and the United States have when Apple buys all these computer chips from Taiwan. When they have, that's good for China and it's good for the United States. So why in the hell would, we, would anybody want to stop it? It's good for both sides. And I think this meeting between the president and the leader of China is a, a good thing. And I think that we should always try, you should always try and have win-win transactions with everybody. You should try and make your money by selling people things that you'd be buying if you weren't selling. And it's such a simple, old-fashioned idea, but it works so well. Win-win transactions. Don't try and sell fairy dust, you know, sell jelly beans. I, I know that you are somebody who actively watches the news, actively 
uh, keeps tabs on the things that are happening all over the place. I just wonder what's the most interesting or craziest thing that you've seen lately? Well, it's very interesting to have Biden meeting with the leader of China. That hasn't happened in a long time. That's a very constructive thing. How can that not be a good idea for China and a good idea for the United States? Think what we, we too have already created. We actually help China by being so friendly to their imports. We help them take, uh, I would say, over a billion people out of poverty and to a pretty advanced state of civilization. Why would we stop? I guess the only argument people would give back is because China has said that they want to run things, that they're going to take control, that they want to take over Taiwan again. We've um, always been a mistake to envy other people who are doing well. Why do we need to be motivated by envy? There's always going to be somebody that's getting rich faster than you are, particularly if they start poor. And so why should a great civilization like ours care if a new civilization rises? We should make a friend out of the new civilization and keep trying to have win-win transactions. It's so simple. Who's, who's against win-win transactions? Who on earth should we get along more with in the whole world than China? And what friend would China benefit most from having compared to the United States? They're both ideal for one another. And their previous collaboration and trade has, has helped both of them. We, we limited inflation in the United States over the last 30 years by allowing all this enormous trade with China. And of course, China rose in it. But I don't, I've never cared that somebody else has more money than I do. I guess China's made it a little more complicated, though, with the friends that they've chosen, specifically Putin. Um, in this G20 meeting, that China and the United States couldn't know, even agree on whether that's a war. Well, but we should be pretty tolerant of one another's eccentricities. The guy in China is so much wiser than Putin. He may actually eventually help us help control Putin for the benefit of the world. Who knows? That's a fair point. And I don't think everybody in the world ought to just avoid Putin. He's one more factor that has to be dealt with. Well, Charlie, I want to thank you very much for your time today. It's a pleasure to see you. It's a pleasure to talk with you. I've felt the way I do for decades. You find a way to say it a little differently every time I talk to you. Yeah, but it, it, my way of doing things works. No arguments. Before it end up rich, you can start an utter minority and have a little bit of significance before you die. Just staying rational is a very, very good thing to, to do. Not always easy, though. And I, I, I think... Well, this is easy. How in the hell? I don't know personally a lot of people. Well, I know personally a few people I actually admire that have done Bitcoin. I actually know one or two. I just think they've had a temporary delusion, like an old man chasing a chorus girl or something. <laughs> what do you think got them caught up with it? Was it the computer science aspect of it? How'd they? I think everybody tries to keep up with the young. There must be something to this. Like that oil promoter on the gate of heaven, listening to the siren song coming up from below. Oil has been discovered in hell. They've been chasing every rumor all their life. And they, He's want to chase one more, but it's crazy. What the hell does a guy in heaven care if oil is discovered in hell? Right. It makes the story so amusing. That's perfect. All right. Good day to you. 
That's Squawk Pod for today. I'm producer Katie Kramer. Thank you for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Please let us know what you think about our podcast today or any day. You can find us on Twitter at Squawk CNBC or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll meet you right back here tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.